Just turn to the book of Psalms and to Psalm 87. Read the whole psalm. His foundation is in the holy mountains. The Lord loveth the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob. Glorious things are spoken of thee, O city of God. Selah. I will make mention of Rahab and Babylon to them that know me. Behold, Philistia and Tyre and Ethiopia. This man was born there. And if Zion and, and of Zion it shall be said, this and that man was born in her, and the highest himself shall establish her. The Lord shall count when he writeth up the people that this man was born there, Selah. As well the singers as the players on instruments shall be there, all my springs are in thee. And we want to center our attention on words in their context that we find in verse 3 and also in verse 7. Glorious things are spoken of thee, O city of God. And verse 7, as well the singers as the players on instruments shall be there. All my springs are in thee. Now we have sung in Psalm 46, a river is who streams to glad the city of our God, the city of our God. We have sung in Psalm 48, great is the Lord, and great he is to be praised still within the city of our God upon his holy hill. Mount Zion stands most beautiful, the joy of all the land. And now in Psalm 87, we have these words. The Lord loveth the gates of Zion more than the dwellings of Jacob. The city of our God, Mount Zion, and Zion itself. Now these are not to be regarded as geographical terms. Geographical terms, they are distinct from one another. But they are set before us spiritually today. And it's in that way that we want to look at them. They speak to us of the church of God. And you notice in verse uh, verse 3, it says, the Lord loveth the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob. We're reminded there of words we find elsewhere 
They are not of all of Israel that be of Israel. They are not all of Jacob that be of Jacob. We can speak of the church in a wide sense, sometimes use the term visible church. Everybody who belongs to it, baptized into it, attends upon its word. And we can speak of it in a closer sense. They're not all of Israel to be of Israel. The Lord loveth the gates of Zion more than all the gates of Israel, more than all the gates of Jacob. Sometimes speak of it, the invisible church, the church as it is known to God himself. The true church. Those who are founded, as it's put here, upon uh, the holy mountains. That is the elect of God, the decree of God. Those who were chosen from all eternity in Christ. From all eternity, the all-prescient eye of the living God saw mankind in his fallenness. Before there was a speck of creation and being, before an angel was formed, before Adam was, he saw man in the repulsiveness of his fallenness. And he chose from that fallen constituency a people to himself. He passed by some, but he chose to himself a people. And he gave his chosen ones to his son to be the redeemers. And it's those who are the elect of God who are spoken of here as the Zion. Those whom he delights in more than the gates of Jacob. Those who were chosen in Christ from all eternity. Those in the fullness of time whom Christ came, God came, the second person, took our nature and in our nature stood in the Roman place of these very ones and has um, brought forth the righteousness that was essential for them. The righteousness that the righteousness of God requires of him to require of us. Christ came in their Roman places transgress as they as transgressor, he to bring forth that righteousness. He who knew no sin in himself was made to be sin for them, that they in him might be made the righteousness of God. They are the ones who are spoken of here as the church, the invisible church, the true church. And it's of they that the psalm speaks. They are the subjects of the psalm. And we want to look at this psalm, just as I've said, verse 3. First of all, glorious things are spoken of thee, O city of God. Glorious things are spoken of this church. Concerning this church, glorious things are spoken concerning her. And then, looking at verse 7, glorious things are spoken by this church. 
as well the singers and the players on instruments shall be there. All my springs are in thee. All my well springs are in thee. These are the two themes, the two subjects we want to look at then. Glorious things spoken concerning this church and glorious things spoken by this church. Well, what is it that is spoken of concerning it? Well, first of all, her name. You see that in um, very early in the psalm. Her foundation is in the holy mountains. The Lord loveth the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob. Glorious things are spoken of thee, O city of God. That's how she has described the city of God. Which means, really, that they are the inhabitants of heaven. They are, or better still, they are the citizens of heaven. Isn't that the way it's put in uh, the letter to the Philippians? It's put in the authorized version, our conversation is in heaven. But the meaning of conversation there is citizenship. Our citizenship is in heaven. And that is what's true of these believing members of this church, of this invisible church. Their first allegiance is not, their primary allegiance is not to a flag or to a state. Yes, they have allegiance there, but their primary allegiance is to a higher than such. Their primary allegiance is to their king, and their king is the Lord Jesus Christ. It's to him that they look for protection. It's to him that they look for everything. They are drawn from all parts of the earth. They belong to every portion of time, as well as every portion of space. There are those of them who have gone and who are now gone home. They're the triumphant church. There are those of them who are still in this world. They're the militant church, fighting the good fight of faith. And it's to Christ their King that they look for every portion of their ongoing warfare in this world that they might be kept. And he has promised within covenant, he has ratified a covenant of grace with them in his own blood. 
and everything is there. Walk about Zion and go round and mark at bulwarks well. All the bulwarks that are there within the covenant, all the promises that are yea and amen to them, he will protect them even unto death. He will be our God even unto death, is the way it's put. That is, first of all, then what belongs to them, a glorious name. City of God, citizens of heaven itself. And then we notice something of her growth. And you notice this growth is worldwide. It speaks of Rahab, that's Egypt. That was an enemy territory, but the Lord drew his own from the midst of them. Babylon, that was an ungodly territory as well. It is symbolic of all ungodliness. Philistia, well, is not the neighbor to Israel, and was it the foe of Israel throughout her history? And spiritually speaking, that is the case here as well. Tyre, that was, the, it was, the, it, it represents the culture of materialism and uh, worldliness. Ethiopia represents those who were distant from her. And here we are, the Lord drawing worldwide. That's what we read in Isaiah 54. She is to stretch out her canvas as a tent, as it were, to take in all those who are to be brought into this kingdom. Myriads will be brought into this kingdom. It is true that um, in our own day, it is a small constituency in comparison with the world. But they shall be his in great numbers in the day that he makes of his jewels. Great encouragement to ourselves recently in hearing representative from the Slavic Gospel Association. To hear about how the gospel is spreading beyond bounds that were not known to her before. The great um, stretching out that there is taking place in the Ukraine itself. And then in the eastern part of Russia. And then in Mongolia. Amazing stretching out of the gospel to such areas. The same happening amongst the ancient people. We looking, looking, looking to us, it looks so small. They are small things. But the cause of God is going forth in great numbers. They are, it is a spiritual development. 
they have great enemies but their enemies have been their enemies have been the lord has has established them in the midst of enemies in the past times when the church looked as if it was done and yet the lord has raised her up and uh, increased her numbers in the midst of such situation it is said that the seed corn of the church the the, the blood of the martyrs was the seed corn of the church the more these martyrs were killed the cries the more the cause of christ grew the lord is mindful and the growth is always spiritually it is it is it is not it is not by sword it is spiritual growth miracle of regeneration the miracle of children being born again through the spirit of christ applying the truth and enabling them to lean the weight of their soul security on the passion and the finished work of the lord jesus christ always a miracle everyone that is born of the spirit puritans used to speak of two great miracles one was the miracle of the incarnation god's son taking our nature in the fullness of time as the god man the other miracle is the miracle of regeneration in the souls of sinners and it's in that way that the soul that the spirit that the church grows and that is reference made to it that man was born therein it is a spiritual birth and she has been established in the past in the midst of enemies and the one who has established her in the past in the midst of enemies will continue to establish her until the end of time the blood that has been shed the blood of the incarnate son oh there is a sufficiency there to gather together from the midst of a world of sin a people to himself to the end of time the highest himself shall establish it well that is something then of her her name her growth her establishment all will be recorded the great things that are spoken concerning him but then we read also glorious things or the effect of the verse 7 is glorious things are spoken by the church as well the singers as the players on instruments shall be there all my springs are in thee there's a concert of praise going on in the midst of the church to the glory of the one who loved her and gave himself for her 
unto him that washed us in his blood and made us white in the blood of the Lamb. That is what the reference that there is when it says as well the singers and players on instruments shall be there. This concert of praise that will be continual in the ranks of the church. What is spoken of when it says all my springs are in thee? Well, there's some reference here to what we had in Psalm 56. A river is who streams to glad the city of our God. A river that rises out of a fountain, as it were, out of a spring. River of the gospel. The river of gospel grace will now always be what you will speak of. That, that is what we have here uh, recorded in, as well the singers and players and instruments shall be there, all my springs are there in thee. The springs that give her uh, enjoyment, that give her uh, refreshment, all of that arises out of this fountain from which the river of grace, the river of grace flows. The fountain, that is the fountain of God's holy love from all eternity. That love that, that is in, within, the, within the Trinity itself, the love of the Father for the Son, and the Spirit and the Son, and Son for the Father and so on. That love going out beyond the confines, if I can speak like that, of the Trinity itself, to a people deserving of being cast out forever. Those whom he saw from all eternity as repulsive in their foreignness, it's to such that this love went out, this electing love went out. Why? Well, it is sovereign. It is. There is no cause for it except one. He loved them. He loved them because he loved them. They deserve to be cast out into a lost eternity as were the fallen angels. And to those who are within this living church, this is a mark of them, the wonder that they should be the objects of this love, that the fountain of grace, this river of grace that flows from it, should be to them. That God should ever have thought of them at all and at such a cost, because this river flows out of the fountain of God's holy love, but that holy love is manifested to us as, as it were flowing out of a smitten rock. And the smitten rock is Christ. And you know the narrative. God, in the fullness of time, sending his own son, 
to stand in my Roman place. And he is the rock smitten. He is the God man smitten. He is the one who meets the claims of everlasting justice in my Roman place. He is the one who bears the hell that should be mine this day. In order not that judgment, not that eternal judgment and eternal expulsion should be mine, but rather union with Christ by faith and communion with God. Because that communion is what now constitutes my joy. That communion is what constitutes my refreshment of soul continually. This is what the church speaks of. Glorious things that she speaks of is always centered upon the sovereign grace of God manifested to us in the blood of the God-man, crucified in the Roman place of such as I am, that I might now be the object of that mercy and that love of God forever. That is what she sings of, because in Christ, God is of mine inheritance and cup the portion. And what a portion is that, you see, is infinite, eternal, and unchangeable in all his attributes. In Christ, crucified in my Roman place, this church can say, all his wisdom is at my disposal. All his strength is at my disposal. And she can go through all the attributes one by one and put the word mine against them. And that's why she sings as we sang together, he is a refuge and a strength in straits of present aid. Glorious promises are ye and amen to her in him. And she rejoices in him. In Christ, then, God himself is our inheritance and cup the portion. He is the one whose, it's in his blood we are washed from our sins. It's in his blood that we have mercy, the love of God the objects of that holy love from all eternity is in him. And that is what constitutes what, they, what the church will always have as her song. Glorious things will be spoken by her, but they will always, she doesn't need to go out with of these, these bones. There's no bones here, you see, at all. It's infinite, but you don't need to go outside of God in Christ to find glorious things to speak.
Glorious things are spoken of this church. Glorious things are spoken by this church. Do you belong to this church today? Are you in Christ today? You hear the gospel time and time again said before you. Everlasting riches are set before you in Christ. What think you of Christ? We are those who either speak the glorious things of him, or we are those who are not. We are those of whom these glorious things are spoken, or we are not. And if we are not those of whom they are spoken, dreadful things must be spoken concerning us. Rejectors must be cast out. But why should it be when this gospel is freely set before us in him? That we should be at the end, not those of whom the words be spoken departed, but rather in Him. Come, be blessed, inherit the kingdom, prepared before the foundation of the world. Let us pray. We thank thee, gracious and blessed God, that thou hast chosen a people to thyself, not because of any deservingness on their part, contrary to their undeservingness rather, that thou hast loved them with an everlasting love, sovereignly, that thou hast manifested that love, giving the darling of thy bosom in a Roman place. And thou that spared not thine own son, how shalt thou not with him also freely give them all things? Glorious things are spoken concerning them as the inhabitants, as the citizens of heaven. And they await the coming of their king to bring them to be with himself at the last, to enter into the full enjoyment that he has purchased for them. We pray that we might be of those who are part and partial of this concert of praise everlastingly going on. May he be ever precious to us in his person, in his finished work, in the sufficiency and suitability of his blood-bought grace. Receive us with the pardon of our sins in his name. Amen.